What's good, Sitters? This is Bradford Douglas along with Joey Edge. Sitters, what's good? And Chris Martinez. What's happening? And we have Tyson Ellis in the house. And we are Front Porch City. Nice work on the intro, Brad. Really well done. Good job. <laughs> Chris, what's up, man? Hey, man. I'm just, uh, I'm just living. I'm going to pull the curtains back here. This is the fourth time I've heard Joey say, nice job, Brad, on the intro. So uh, we're already fried here about 30 seconds in. Um, but no, he really did a great job. Hell of a job on that intro. Um, to answer your question, Joey, I feel wonderful. I'm happy to be here. Uh, we have Tyson. We finally got our people to call his people, set up this interview. So we're going to have that for you guys on the back half of, uh, of tonight's show. Um, happy about that. Excited about that. But yeah. first... Um, Tyson, Tyson's a busy man. But first, of course, we got to talk about JW Weaponry. Make sure you guys go by and see them. Or you can give them a call at 386-243-8587. Or you can visit jwweaponry.com. But as always, I prefer to go in and talk to them because it's way more fun. They're great people. Uh, they'll give you good prices. Mention the front porch. Get your 5% off. Yeah. That's, yeah. For, for sure. Uh, like, retweet. Make sure you do that. I'll be honest, I've been, been lacking in that area a little bit. And then we got a lot, a lot of stuff going on. I understand that. Yeah. But this is your escape from all of that. We're not even going to delve into it. We're here to talk sports and only sports. So like and retweet if, you, uh, if you're cool with that. And uh, we'll try and give you guys 45 minutes to an hour of a uh, little escape. Hey, uh, real quick. Did you have a good weekend, Chris? Dude, yes. I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so this weekend, we had a little diaper party. I... I guess we'll have a daughter now in like four or five weeks. Four or five weeks, I believe. Yeah, right. so I don't know why I'm, I'm answering like I know. But I don't <laughs> know the due date. Because you had to confirm. I know. Right. Four or five weeks. Yeah. Um, so we had a little diaper party. Basically just an excuse to hang out. Uh, my real close friends and family brought diapers. Um, Joey was uh, on the grill. And so I do have to take a moment to thank Joey on air publicly for that. Because there was like what? Around 20-ish, 24. Four, 25 people there, like total. Joey cooked for everyone, wings and hamburgers, like probably something like 30 or 40, maybe maybe more hamburgers. Ton ton of wings, but he did a hell of a job. Everyone raved and raved and raved. I just have to take a little minute to say thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. Had you not done that, um, it, it would not have been near as, as successful as it was. So, just wanted to say thank you for that, and not to mention, not only did you cook, but it was damn really, really good. Probably top three thing to come off of my grill. I will I, say I'll that. I'll take that. That's I'll tough. That. Yeah. That's, I've, that. Well, I've eaten food off your grill, so I know I know what comes off of it. I know the quality of, of product that comes off of the, <laughs> that grill. For sure. So that's that's high high props, and I, I do appreciate that. And uh, yeah, of course, anytime I'll, I'll help my help my brother out anytime. Yeah. Well, Brad but, did a good job of uh, of of. Brad was coordinating. Organizing. Yeah, Brad coordinated, organized it. Yeah. People don't realize, well, people that have cooked do realize. So, uh, I don't really want to call it party. I guess you kind of have to. Um, a little bit. The event was taking place in the backyard. The grill is kind of on like the, it's also in the backyard, but on the side, up underneath the like patio. Right. So, for a lot of part of the time, poor Joey was by himself um, cooking and preparing where people play cornhole and uh, adult beverages were being consumed in the back area. Um, I had some I had some good people that came and, and stood with me for a little bit. Well, I have to expose those good people. They only come and hung out when the food started coming off the grill. Okay, well that that yeah yeah. Not gonna... <laughs> <laughs> they, they they were the uh, taste testers, if you will. Um, but uh, yeah, hey Anthony, we're talking to you. Apparently, that's where a lot of the wings went. 
They were pretty good. They never made it in the house. Some of them didn't. I'm not going to lie to you. Some of them did <laughs> yeah. not. There was a few people that, that snuck a few <laughs> before uh, before they made it in. But it's okay. We had a good time. It was it truly was a good time. We enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, we played a little cornhole? Played a lot of cornhole. Yeah, a lot you of know, cornhole. So Shane was on last week, right? Oh, on the yeah. Show, talking about his competitive nature, and he most, is a competitor. Most athletic ever, he said? Ever. Except in cornhole, apparently. Mm. Now, I will say, me and Shane ran the boards for the better half of the day. Until? Until... He played Zach one-on-one. Mm-hmm. That didn't go well. Right. Uh, I'm not going to say the record there. Actually, I will say the record because I got something to talk about that happened today or yesterday as you listen. Right. Um, I think Zach may have beat him two out of the three or three out of the three times. It might have been three out of three. I'm not sure. Actually, I know exactly it was. Yes. Okay. Well, I was not going to say it, but Brad has confirmed it was uh, three for three. <laughs> Zach was against Shane. And then you two. You and uh, you and Zach paired up against me and Shane. I think y'all beat us either two or three times as well. Right. Um, I mean, I'll, I'm an adult. I'm a man. I'll take the blame here. But I, I played pretty good too. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was on the end with Shane. We got beat. I'll just say that we got beat. But it's okay. It's okay. We had a good time. We had a good time. Yeah, I agree. It was a great time. All right, Joey. So. Florida. Let's go ahead and just get right into some uh, Gator talk, a little UF. You cool with that? I'm good with it. And then we'll talk NBA after that? Yeah, we'll talk NBA. And then we'll talk Tyson Ellis. Oh, heck yeah. That's the main event. That's the main event. The this main is, This card. is the undercard right here. Yeah, we'll save yeah. the main card for, uh, for Mr. Ellis. So your coach today. Dan Mullen. Mr. Dan Mullen. Right. Uh, I believe I saw, correct me if I'm wrong, that he said they... They're going undefeated this year, or they expect to go undefeated, or something along the lines of undefeated? Yeah, he, uh, he said they expect to go undefeated. He was on the Pat McAfee show, which, if you haven't listened to that, he's, he's really good, by the way. I like Pat McAfee. Um, you should listen to Front Porch more than, more than... It doesn't matter. Anyways, so, yeah, he said he expects to go undefeated. And, and as a Gator fan, how do you feel about said comment? Uh, I feel very confident that... Uh, He's confident. So you like it. Yeah. So, so you're so you're confident that Dan Mullen's confident that y'all are going undefeated. Like you like that. Absolutely. Here's the thing. That wasn't the only part of the, the quote. Like, there's, there's, is there more is there more context to it? There's more con there's always more context to it. Oh, okay. The first headline so, is just a a bait, a bait to make you click it and yeah. then you click it and then you read the whole whole quote and the whole interview basically through a through a written version. Um but yeah, I mean he just said that if he ever got to it a, a part of the schedule where he was like, yeah, we're probably not going to win this one. You know, why not just tell our coaches to go home because we're not going to win? Like, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to prepare and, and work our butt off, and we expect to win every game that we play because we're at the University of Florida. He also talked about how, you know, uh, I actually I have it in front of me. He said, I expect us to go undefeated. I'm not hmm. guaranteeing it because I'll be honest with you, I have two national championship rings here at Florida, and we didn't go undefeated in either of those two seasons, but we still won the national championship. Hmm. And then he went on further to talk about, you know, the coaches and telling them, you know, all that stuff. So the, the headline's a little misleading, but, yeah, you damn right I like it. I'm, I'm very confident, or I'm, I'm very happy that he's confident in his abilities and the team's abilities. If he's not, then what, what, what's the point? Right, so traditionally the answer you would give there is, Man, we take it one game at a time. We're looking forward to trying to get better week in, week out. We want to be peaking at the end of the year. That's called coach speak. That's just that's typically the answer we get from coaches. So you prefer him to say the reason you get coach speak is so that coaches can temper expectations. So that way, 
you know, you're, you're maybe an underdog going in. You're not giving somebody bulletin board material. You're not you're not giving any extra uh, emphasis or, or incentive to beating Florida because their head coach said they're going undefeated. Guess what? You're on their schedule, so that means they're going to whoop your ass. I, my opinion, me personally, I as a Seminole fan, I don't like what he said. I kind of like I kind of like what he said if I was a Gator fan, <laughs> but I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. Right. Like, I think. I would also be okay if he said if, if he gave more of a coach speak answer. I would probably prefer that. I'm also okay with just coming out with my chest out and pounding my chest, being like, "Yeah, I expect to go undefeated." Period. I'm okay with that too. But I think I may prefer to lay a little bit lower and and try to temper expectations to where there's not pressure on my team. Um, but you 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 don't feel that way. Um, I mean, I, I see your point. If he's in year one and, and he hasn't proven much. Absolutely. I, I definitely temper expectations. Don't come out and say anything of that nature. Like you said, we're taking it one game at a time. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens when, when we get to that point. Hopefully we win them all, but, you know, we'll, we'll just we'll see what happens when we get there. That kind of stuff. Um, he's in year three. He's 21 and five. Your ex- expectations are, are, are a little bit higher now regardless, and so you might as well own it and, yeah. and show your team, hey, what – this is what I'm saying in the public eye, so your ass is better be ready to go. Fair enough. I mean, I, I have to agree with that because he is he is 21 and five. They've been they played the uh, the new year two times now on, in bowl seasons. Right. Let's be honest; they're probably not sneaking up on anyone, anyways. Um, True. I hope not, anyway. You know, but I, I guess that's the difference in the state of the two programs. Florida State with us, like we're not any position to say anything like that. Even though I'm sure, probably in the Moore Center, collectively they feel that way. I mean. You don't ever, you know, you have never gone into a game with the mindset, ah, they're probably going to beat us today. Absolutely. So I, you don't yeah. project that. No. So in amongst each other, they probably feel the same way. They just can't vocalize that because they don't have the equity. They don't have the the goodwill built up that Mullen has sitting at twenty one and five. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We, I think we all we circle back and kind of agree. I think so too. Which we didn't at first. I don't think you no, agreed with it at first. No, I didn't. I was fixing to come at you. But then, well, once you gave me a little bit more context on what he said, made made a little bit more sense. And to your point, to your to credit to you, yeah, 21 and 5, I mean, they're not sneaking up on anyone anyway. So it doesn't it doesn't really matter. The only thing he maybe did was give somebody bulletin board material. But then again, to that I'll say, if you need bulletin board material to beat Florida or, or – Right. To play to play any any athletic event like competitive event, if you need something to get you up, uh, you're probably not my kind of guy, anyways. So I mean that's true, but there are things that, that can help. <clears throat> no, there are. I, but but I'm with you. If if in this scenario, if if you're on Florida's schedule this year and you're not ready to play, then you're, you're not going to be ready to play no matter what. Yeah, so. we always try to come in low key, regardless. I, if if I can avoid giving somebody bulletin board material, then I'm absolutely going to do that. Exactly. So I think he might could have avoided it, but at the same time, I don't think it's that big of a deal. No, I, I think it shows the players that he's 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 ready. He's all in, and yeah. they, they should be too. Yeah, so. get with it, right? Yeah, he's leading. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Um, speaking of leaders, Florida, did you guys lose a point guard here as of late? Yeah, <clears throat> um, at least one. <clears throat> what? So, yeah, I mean Trey Mann is undecided. I know there's there's reports out there that he's coming back to Florida, but. He, he has denied those reports and said he has not made his decision yet. So I still think he comes back. But Andrew Nimhard has decided to transfer from Florida. And I don't think it's – I know a lot of Gator fans don't like Nimhard, and I don't, I don't really understand why. He's I don't, a five-star in high school, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's a five-star. Yeah, he, he may have been. I did my research. He is five-star. Okay. 
He was a good player, though. He's great. And he, I still think he's a good player. I don't think that that's changed. I don't know that the style fit is, is necessarily the right the right fit. I think it was more of a mutual decision between Florida and him. Um, I'm sure he approached them and said, hey, what are your thoughts? And they probably said, you know, if that's, if that's what you want to do, we're, we'll, we'll support you. So I don't think it was gloom and doom for the coaching staff, and I don't think it's gloom and doom for, for Nimhart. I don't think he dislikes anybody at, in Gainesville. I mean, he, he seemed very respectful of everybody on his little goodbye post or whatever. Um, and I think him and Mike White have a pretty close relationship. So I don't think it, he's leaving on sour terms or anything like that. I just – it's one of those things that it didn't work out. So for the for the program, if assuming man comes back, I mean, it, it, it gives him a lot more up-tempo players that, that I think is what Mike White wants to do. He, they've played so slow the last few years. So – if they play slow now, then I, I I can't I can't defend him at all. Cause yeah, I mean their whole the whole roster right now is built to run. Yeah. So, so you think so you think now, now that Nimhard was the problem, but now that he is removed, now it opens the door to get up and down. Right. I, I think that it it creates a, a situation where there is no more excuses to not run because you can use the excuse of Nim Nimhard was a slower paced guy. Nimhard didn't mind running either, though. Right. And he was pretty good in transition, too. He just wasn't quite like Chris Chioza or Casey Hill. Yeah. So I guess that's the difference. And, and now with Glover and uh, uh, Appleby and Mann, if he comes back, like they got three guys that, that aren't half-court guards. They're they're up and down the court. Let's get after it. AAU, typical AAU guys <laughs> yeah. that are that are ready to go and run. So More, more possessions, the better. Right. Yeah. So I, I think that that's where they're transitioning to, and if they do, I think it'll be a good thing for Mike White. Hopefully this will be the year that he turns it. and Because hey, he's a good recruiter, man. He's a really good recruiter. So. Yeah. They have a high, highly rated class. Yeah. That's pretty much it for uh, Gainesville, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's uh, I think, right? I believe Never so. Hard, man. I'm trying to think of anything that's going on in Tallahassee. Um, players are back in town. Their voluntary workouts have began. Yep. They started testing them like on the 25th of May for the virus. Mm-hmm. Once all the tests came back the way they should have come back, then they began. That opened the door for January 1st workouts to, to begin. So they've started doing that. So far, so good, apparently. Um, it's just off-season stuff, man. There's that. There's nothing. Right. Uh, oh, have we we haven't talked about it since it happened. Then, no, the Fabian Lovett kid, the defensive tackle. We haven't oh, talked we about haven't. it on here. Nope. Him or the uh, Jerry and Jones? Is it Jerry and Jones? Jerry and Jones. Yeah. yeah. So Fabian Lovett, uh, the defensive tackle that committed to Florida State and then essentially decommitted from Florida State and was all but going to Ole Miss. Um, he ends up signing his uh, papers or whatever today or yesterday, as you're listening. Uh, enrolled in, in summer classes, so he's in Tallahassee. His teammate from Mississippi State, Jerrion Jones, is a cornerback. Four-star out of high school. Uh, we'll see. I don't, I'm not sold. I'm not anywhere near as high on him as I am on Lovett. Um, he, uh, just for funsies, Jerrion Jones was all but going to Ole Miss as well. He, he already had an edit. He dropped. He, he committed to Ole Miss. Right. Much like uh, Lovett committed to Florida State. Yeah. Jones committed to Ole Miss with this edit and all that stuff, and uh, I don't know what happened. Something happened there. Apparently, there's rumor. I'm not. We're not gonna get to the rumors. Apparently, there's some tampering <laughs> and stuff from he was on campus in Ole Miss while he was still a student at Mississippi State, and those two schools obviously hate each other. And right. It was one of those things like if you stay there, basically this might get pretty messy. Um, and to avoid all of that, 
Florida State's a pretty good option as well. So they both just both came to Tallahassee. So worked out well for Florida State. Whether well whether fell in their lap or not is irrelevant. It, they're both uh, Seminoles now. So one's a really good player, I think. Um, yeah, the defensive love lineman, it. Yeah. love it. Yeah, I think he is. And too. then I think Jerry and Jones has the uh, has the ability to be a pretty good player too. So problem is the back end is just so talented in Tallahassee. None of them are proven. So he'll, I think he'll probably get a shot because, like we talked about, it potential is absolutely worth. That's what gets you fired. Potential, right? You know, potential gets coaches fired all the time because you're like, this guy can play, but he never gets it done. So um, I think he'll get a shot. He'll have three years to three years in a red shirt. So technically, he has four years on campus if he chooses. I mean, that's not that's not a bad get at all. No, no, not bad. Um, that's pretty much it in Tallahassee. They're just doing the working out thing, trying to trying to catch the mighty Gators, trying to close that gap some. The yeah. unde- the undefeated Gators. Before we get to basketball, and then before we get to Tyson, you did a poll on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, we might as well talk about it real quick. It was it was when when or how do we think the stadiums will look? Yeah, right. It was max, no fans, fifty. And 25%? Right. Because I don't believe 75% exists. If you get anything over 50, it's going to be wide open. So right, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why we did it that way. Yeah. What did you vote on that? I voted 50%. I think I did too. Yeah, but I, I, I'm i leaning more towards 100. Like, each day that goes by, I'm like, eh, it might be full capacity. Well... It's, it's, it's a chance that happens. I, yeah. Um, I, as, as these most recent days have gone on, and there's been less focus on the, on the virus... I feel like it's a it's closer and closer to one hundred percent because, like the social distancing, uh, can't have it can't have it both ways kind of thing. Like the market, I mean, if we either can be together or we can't, right? Regardless, and and I I understand everything that's going on, but I'm saying, I think that we're only lend to there being fans in the stands. Yep. And there's no um, capacity for these for the things that are going on. So I I think the I think more likely than not, especially here recently. You see a full stadium. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. So, yeah, I, I think I think so. But NBA stuff? Did you want to? Yeah, we'll touch tra- on it. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I I'm not, I don't think we need to spend a whole lot of time on it. But the NBA is doing a uh, 22 team. I guess finishing out the regular season with an eighth game with an eight game slate, and then they'll seed the playoffs after that. All games are going to be played in Orlando. Correct. Yep. Thirteen teams from the Western Conference, eight from the Eastern Conference. Right. Nine, maybe. Nine? I'm not yeah, sure. Thir- I think it's 13 and 9. There's more from the West. Oh, yeah. 13 and 9? Yeah. That would be too many, wouldn't it? It's 22, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 13 and 9 is 22. <laughs> it's late. Um, it is late. But, yeah, so there's going to be, look, basically a play-in tournament, if you will. Um, I guess they just took the best the best overall records in those two those 22 teams. Is that how you understand it? Uh, yes. That would be the only way to do it. I like it. I mean, I really like it. I, I mean – the reason we were not going to talk too much on it is because they haven't voted on it yet, so it's not like in the done deal official thing. But Woj reported, so feel pretty comfortable backing or repeating what Woj reported. Agreed. Woj is Woj is the the source. These he is the source. So, all right. So this is kind of what you've uh, been waiting for. We have uh, Mr. Tyson Ellis. Tyson, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. Pumped to be here. Yeah, happy to have you, man. We've been trying to get this lined up, and it finally all worked out. Um, we're just going to kind of like quiz you down a little bit. Want to know about your your journey. So we'll talk from the beginning, like kind of what got you into baseball. Um, then we'll kind of go, we'll just kind of go chronological order. 
um, your journey, your path, and kind of give some insight into how you ended up at Troy now. All right. Um, so first, my my first question, I, I know Joey has some as well, but my first question for you is when did you first find the love for baseball? I've honestly just always had it. I mean, my granddad had me swinging a baseball bat and throwing one ever since I can remember. Like, I can't, I can't remember a time when I didn't play baseball in my yard or – or just any time, like I've played it my whole life, and I just I've always loved it. That's why I kept playing. So I'm just it's 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 been something that's just always been there. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think Joey and I, pretty much everyone here, kind of shared that same. It's just it was ingrained in us. It's just something that we did. Um, my Joey, I think you you had a question. Yeah. Um. So first of all. Did you, ha- did you have any other sports that you loved, or was baseball, was was that it from the beginning? No, it was always baseball. I didn't even, I wasn't even allowed to play other sports, so I didn't, I didn't have that option. <laughs> Ashley always told me, Ashley's my granddad, sitters that don't know. Yeah. Um, it was, I asked him one year if I could play football, and I said, hey, like, can I play football? I mean, obviously, you know, a kid in America who wants to play football just wants to baseball nowadays, and he said... If you play football, you will break your bones and you won't be able to play baseball. <laughs> so, <laughs> listen, I know a lot of these sitters don't know Ashley. Ashley is one of the, my favorite human beings on the planet. He is hilarious. I mean, he's he's just gold. He's pure gold all the time. So I can I can certainly see him see him saying that. Yeah. So, so let's see. We'll, we'll kind of fast forward a little bit um, to like your high school days. What was high school baseball like for you? And you can kind of speak freely on it. What was high school baseball like like for you personally? Um, I mean, it was awesome. Like, I loved it. I loved getting to play with everyone that I knew since I was age six, seven. But, I mean, it was kind of underwhelming, honestly, because I remember my whole childhood growing up, like, I played baseball, and it was like, like everyone that knew anything about me was like, oh, that kid plays baseball. Like, he's good. And I got into high school, and, like, it kind of just it wasn't great. Like, I just wasn't really that great of a player. Like, I didn't play that much, honestly, until my senior year. But, I mean, I didn't even have to play my junior and sophomore year. Like, I just loved being there so much. Like, our team was good. Everyone was, like, super close with each other. We had all known each other our whole lives. So, I mean, it was, it was awesome. Yeah, no, that's one thing I remember because we had the opportunity and the privilege to coach you through some of those years. And I remember one thing about you was – you were extremely like selfless. You always it was always team first. When you need me, I'm ready, kind of thing. You always stayed ready. You always worked. Never complained. You know, a lot of times, especially now, it's so uncommon to find a kid not get the innings that they want or that they feel they deserve. And it's it's easy to be a bad teammate to fold up. Um, but that was one thing I can. I, I, it stands out like very vividly about you was always on the edge of the dugout. Always kept the book when needed. Always ready whenever the case may be. Warmed up left fielder, made sure first base had a ball. Those type of things. I, I, and that's one huge attribute that I remember about you that I really, really admired about your about your ability to be a teammate whenever you weren't getting the innings that you felt you deserved or that that you wanted. Yeah. So just to add on that, first of all, that t- the, the teams that you were talking about your sophomore and junior year, they were really, really good. They were very, very talented. Tyson was also very talented, though. It wasn't like he was, you know. 14 miles behind those guys or anything like that. There was just we. I mean, they had three or four really, really good arms, and and I mean, the middle infield was pretty good too. So it was tough for Tyson to get on the field early. But how much travel ball did you play in those times? Like, did you play a lot of travel ball coming coming up? 
Um, yeah. So before high school, I mean, I played all the time. I was that was that was everything. And then it honestly kind of got to the point after I think it was like my freshman sophomore year where I mean I almost started to play too much, and I didn't want to be one of those kids that you know stalled out because I'd played too. That's actually why I started playing golf, just because it was. And it got to the point where I was like, I just, I just don't want to play baseball right now. Right. And, and it helped so much because after that, like after playing golf and just having those three or four months in the fall, when usually you know you're not doing anything in the fall, it's like, all right, well you're playing some kind of travel ball. Like there was, I never had a point in my life where it's like an off season. Like it was like you we're playing, like you're playing baseball, like at all times. So. So what you're saying is, is those three to four months that you played golf helped you in baseball? Yeah. Huh. So. Yeah. Interesting. No. Two sport. I mean, I can relate as being a, a it, playing football. I remember the most burnout I ever got in baseball was playing season ball, high school baseball, yeah. and then rolling straight into summer ball. I remember just I needed fall to come around because I needed that break from baseball. I my body needed it. I, I mean, I played football, so I didn't really give my body a break, but I needed I needed the break from baseball. So I enjoy the same thing with you. You were three sport, two sport athlete. Same thing. Time away from the game honestly does, in my opinion, really does help you be a better baseball player. Yeah, it truly it did for me. Like you said, I played basketball in the off season, and uh, it was the same way. Like it just it helps your body heal and just kind of relax and gives your gives your arm, especially in baseball, man. It gives your arm a break, and uh, yeah, I think it's a great thing. So I'm, I I knew that personally, so I just wanted to let everybody else know that. But go ahead. So I have a question for your preference. Did you prefer? I know the answer, but did you prefer to play middle infield or pitch? Oh, the, definitely middle infield. Like, I didn't even like to pitch until until it was what I was best yeah. at, honestly. I truly didn't know that. You didn't think that? No, I, no. I, I, wouldn't, I didn't know that. I knew the answer there. Yeah. Tyson, so I, I was Tyson's pitching coach for uh, maybe three out of the four years because I wasn't there your senior year. I still helped you a little bit, though. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but – Tyson Tyson always had the stuff. Like the stuff was never the issue with Tyson. It was always between that those two ears of his, his head. Um, but as soon as as soon as he figured it out, man, it was. I, I knew I knew that he had the ability to get to where he's at now, and that's what makes me so excited for him. Um, but let's let's back backtrack a little bit. So, how many how many offers did you get in high school? Like what were what was your what was your options for college out of high school? Well. So actually, I kind of I kind of threw myself under the eight ball, but um, the summer going into my senior year, I had only talked to two schools, and the first one that was Division One that I talked to was North Carolina A and and I committed to them first. Mm-hmm. And it was just one of those situations where I mean, I, I really did screw myself because baseball is not like football. You know what I mean? You commit in baseball, it's like all right, you know, you, it's shut down. Like you know, that's it. So that's where you're going. And I was pitching good, and it was that it was a time period when I was really starting to improve. Like I started to get better that summer. And one, it's your biggest recruiting summer, you know, going into your senior year. And then I started throwing good, like every single time. And they had seen me like, you know, the previous tournament. And they're like, yeah, you know, show up at this tournament. We're gonna watch you. You know, if you do good, then we'll have you up. And I went up there, and it was a nice school. I mean, I didn't have anything against it really. Like it was a nice school. Like I liked the coach. Like he, he was cool, but I mean, I kind of just committed because I had never, literally, never been in that situation ever. Like we're rewind four months into that season, like junior season, I would have never even thought that that was an option. Like I didn't. Like I, I wasn't even. I didn't even pitch really then. Like that wasn't even primary focus. So when they offered, I was like, well, if I don't say yes, then you know it might not be here. So I mm-hmm. said yes right there. 
And then a month went by, two months, and I was like, dude, like, that's not what I want to do. Like, I want to go, so, like, that's not where I want to go. Like, I need to open it up. I talked to Coach Thomas, who was, just became our new ho- coach then, and he was like, yeah, like, I don't, think, I don't think you need to go there either. So I opened it up, and the only other school that had seen me pitch and that was still available was USC Upstate. And that's where I ended up committing and signing to. But I really didn't talk to that many schools at a high school. So, yeah, that's a that's an interesting dynamic because, like, you're right. In, in better guidance, maybe you would have said, "Hey, hold off." But like you said, coaches and colleges recruit hundreds of kids each cycle. Yeah. You only get recruited one time, so mm-hmm. like, it's it's not a knock. It, like, it's just tough. It's just tough. If you don't know, you don't know. You don't yeah. know that you don't know. But like in football, obviously. If you commit, they're gonna keep. They're gonna. They're gonna continue to chase you. Mm-hmm. But baseball is a little bit more unwritten rule. Like you may see a little bit of that chasing the the elite of the elite. But if a kid's committed, for the most part, they're not gonna track them down on that level. The same they will football. They'll just over recruit. They'll keep. They'll just. They, they keep reaching out. So mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. But do you think? Did you, so you didn't have any other coaches or colleges really contact you when you were playing your best ball? No, not really. Only only a few. So along those lines, if you could give advice to, to especially like like you're talking about, like the upcoming senior, what would your advice be to someone who who wants to get recruited and who who wants to to have that situation for them? What's your advice to them? Yeah, definitely. Just know know that. Like, yes, as a player, you know, we want to go to college. Like, you want to play college baseball. You're scared. But you have to understand that they want you, too. Like, it's not just – it's not a one-way street. If they didn't want you to play for them, they wouldn't be recruiting you. So, you have to realize that you have more power than you think you do, which is what I didn't understand. I I, I didn't know that I had more power. I thought it was just one of those things where they could snatch it right away, which they could. But you have power too because I mean they want you to be a part of their program or else they wouldn't be recruiting you That's and that's the truth behind it so no I totally agree you have you said it I couldn't say it any better but you the player has leverage as well as the university has leverage yeah exactly you have your ability just like they have the scholarship to offer mm-hmm. so no, you're absolutely right so let's, let's go forward to your first year in college mm-hmm. what was what was that like the transition from high school ball to now I'm away, I'm at college, like shed some light on that experience for you. It's a grind. I mean, it, that, that was the biggest thing for me. I had, I thought I worked hard. I really did. Like I thought like, oh, I know what it's like. And you know, I'd played my whole life, but when you show up there, it's just, it's a different atmosphere when you play college. And I mean, it was, it, even though it was small division one, it was still division one. And they, I mean, it's just, it's a different atmosphere. You're training so hard day one. It's day one. It's, we don't have any time to waste. Show up, you know, 6 a.m. lifts. They don't care that, you know, you have class at 8. Show up. You need to lift as hard as you can. You need to go to class. Do as best you can. Show up to practice. And it's every day. And it's, it's, like, I never realized, like, how much of a job it could be. Which, I mean, it was fine. Like, I wouldn't say a job per se. Because it's like, I enjoy doing it. I have fun. Like, you know, I get to play baseball in college. Like, that's awesome. So... But it was just getting used to the daily routine of like, yep, this is what you, this is your, this is part of your life. That's just one of those things. It's like every single day, two to four, just know that you're at the baseball field. Like, it, you better literally have a, the the biggest emergency of your life. It better be a crisis for you to not be there. Like literally. Yeah, that <clears throat> you you said it best when you said it's like a job. Like I know, and I enjoy my job too. I, I you know I love my job, but it's still a job at the end of yeah. the day. And just like 
college baseball, like you're talking, like you you have your workouts and then you have your class. You have to do that. I, it's, it sucks, but guess what? If yeah. you don't have your grades, you're not playing baseball. So you have that, and then you have practice, and then you have study hall that you, I'm sure you oh, had yeah, to go to study as well. hall freshman year. I yeah. care about that too. Exactly. So, I mean, your entire day right there is gone. Then you go take a shower and you want to hang with your friends or you want to do, you know, whatever it is that you want to do. And then you wake up and you do it all again the next day. Yep. And it's day after day yeah. after day. And so, you know, people just say, or people say all the time, well, just go get a job. No, that's not how it works, yeah. especially in baseball, because one, you're never on a full scholarship. Mm-hmm. Like that's not how division one baseball works. You're not going to be on full scholarship. And so now not only are you having to take out a student loan, you also can't work to pay for your stuff that you're, that you're that, like, you can't get food sometimes you have to eat in the cafeteria because you do have a meal plan but that food is trash Mm -hmm. so it is i mean it it seriously is like a job so i can i can appreciate where you're coming from there so tyson what was your next move from from your your first stop what what happened what series of events happened next all right so what so what kind of went through my head was is i always knew i always knew that I was a good baseball player. I knew that I was just one of those kids who was just talented. Like, and I, I mean, it was awesome for me. Like, you know, some kids don't get that opportunity, you know, to be born. But I knew, like, I knew for a long time, and I feel like a lot of other people did too. I was just good. That's how it was. But I never really worked. Like, I didn't have that. I didn't need that, you know, that motivation to work hard because I was always super talented. So it was like, you know, I just had the talent to get there. And I'm sitting there, and I'm around all these guys, and I'm just like, like, you know, I'm not really, I'm like, wow, like, I don't think I should be here. You know, the program itself was kind of what pushed me away, too. They were kind of, I didn't like this whole attitude of, this is just how it was, how I felt around them. It wasn't, they didn't think that they could beat anyone they played because you're a smaller school. And I did. I, I don't like that. I mean, you know how we are. Like, we're competitors. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't care if we play at USC Upstate. We're opening up against University of Kentucky next year. Just because they're Kentucky doesn't mean they're just going to walk in here and beat you three times. Like, that's not the way that works. Like I don't want to hear guys talking about, oh, I wonder how bad we're going to get beat by Kentucky. Like I can't do that. And then it came to Fall World Series. I didn't have a good fall at all, honestly. And it came to Fall World Series. I wasn't even supposed to pitch in the important game. So it's three games. And the last game, we had already won the series. And it was just like, yeah, we'll let Tyson start the game, whatever. And I hadn't pitched good at all. And that game, I went out there through six of the seven innings, gave up no runs, struck out like nine guys. And everyone was like, where did that come from? Like, what is that? And then that's when I realized, I was like, Tyson, like, you can go somewhere else. Like, you can work hard and you can go somewhere, like, better than this. Like, not that like not that it's a disrespect to that place, but right. it's like, if you're working so, for your whole life for something, you're not going to be like, well, okay, I'm just going to settle for this. Yeah, like, you're not going to settle. Agreed. Yeah, I'm not going to settle for this. So it's like. It was bold because to leave because I didn't really I knew I didn't throw great in the fall like I, I was like well but I also was kind of cocky and I didn't understand the whole you know D one is not that great of a thing per se and I was like well I'm a D one pitcher right now so I'm gonna go anywhere I want to go and just mm-hmm. dominate so mm-hmm. I didn't realize that but I mean that's what I did I I was like okay well we're gonna go JUCO and we're gonna see where I can go and and. If if I don't go anywhere and people laugh at me, then I tried. If if I don't, I mean, but if I do, then it's then it's gonna be you know you got what you work for. So that's why I tried. So you so you left um, the college and then you went JUCO. Mm-hmm. What's JUCO did you go to? I went to Gulf Coast State College in Panama City, and okay. they were the only one that even offered me. I got really lucky just going to a junior college at all because, like I said, 
I, I, and I told Ashley wasn't very happy with it, obviously. He was actually very not happy with it. And he was like, what if you don't get anywhere else to go, blah, 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 blah. I was like, well, we'll figure it out. Like, we can figure it out. You know, but I, I, got, I have to try. Like, I can't, I can't just sit here because I don't want to be that kid in three years that, you know, says, wow, I could have left. Because we had a couple of guys like that where you could just tell. They're like, you know, they didn't really like it there, but they were there because – Oh, they're paying for their school, or you know, they just don't want to quit baseball. It was easy to stay. Yeah, it's an easier option to stay because I mean, you're just safe there. It's like, oh, you can have the title of Division One baseball player. But I was like, I don't want to be say, oh, I played D one baseball. But then anyone who wants to look it up says, oh, USC Upstate twenty one and forty three this year. Like, I don't want to be. <laughs> like, I don't want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of somewhere that goes to Omaha or at least has a chance to and play with the big boys. Like I want to be a part of a good program and, and be one of the better people in the country at baseball, not just, you know, out of some school. So when you decided that you were going the Juco route, did you, you didn't have anything lined up. Not at all. Per se. You were just kind literally of nothing. Hoping a prayer. Yeah. I call I called Heath Phillips, our old high school coach. I was like, hey, I, you know, try try to try to uh, can you put me on somewhere I was asking everyone, and I literally had like the the school or the school I was at upstate. The pitching coach, he was telling me he was like, yeah, like you know, I can help you find somewhere to go. So he had lined me up with junior colleges in like Iowa, and I'm like, I don't want to go to Iowa. <laughs> but it got to the point where after about three weeks, I'm sitting here like, dude, am I about to go to Iowa? <laughs> like, am I about to go to Iowa to play baseball? Is that what's gonna happen? And then out of nowhere, this school, Gulf Coast State College, never heard of in my life, was like, hey. You want to play baseball, Juco baseball in Florida? We have money. And I was like, say less. I'm here. <laughs> I was like, I don't need to see the school. Like, I'll come if you want me to, but I don't need to see it. Like, I'm, I'm there. So, that's what happened. <laughs> uh, before I get into the next one, I just want to say I absolutely love the fact that you bet on yourself to succeed and then you freaking went out and, and succeeded. Yeah. I absolutely love that you did that. That's, that's unbelievably... I just, it's just awesome, man. You, you, it's, it's really cool. But you know how people say all the time, like, I'll bet on me. I'll always take me. I'll bet on me. That is so easy to say when you don't have to bet on me. Yeah. It's different whenever, like, like in Tyson's case, he literally walked away from something knowing I'm going to bet on myself and my ability and, and my past and my talent, and then we'll get to where you are now. But that's just, uh, like you said, it's ballsy as hell, but I like it. Yeah, I, that's I, I freaking love it, man. So you went to Gulf Coast. Yeah. <clears throat> what was it like there? You said you never did. Did you go on a visit there? I did go on a visit. I went on. A visit. Okay. So you so you met met the coach mm-hmm. and then you went on a visit. Did you when you got there on that visit? Did you think what the hell did I just get into, or were you like, no, oh, this is good. I'm I'm ready. No, I thought I was like, wow. Oh, well, first off, it's in Panama City, Florida. So <laughs> touche. So yeah. uh, I'm driving out there and I'm like, well, okay. PCB, I mean, that's always sick. And then I'm looking around the campus. Campus is right on the water. Super nice campus. I'm looking at, I mean, I had, at that point, after I talked to them, I looked up the program, you know, see what the program was about. I'd seen, or I'd saw where they were in a really good conference, you know, one of the one of the best JUCO conferences in the country, honestly. And, you know, it's in Panama City, and we're going to play good teams. Schools are going to come and look at me. This is, I'm, I'm going to have the opportunity to go where I want to go from here. Like, this, right. if, if at this point... If I don't go where I want to go, it's only my fault. So, I, yeah, I'm with you on that. And JUCO baseball in Florida, especially, is really, really good baseball. It is extremely. Yeah, good. I mean, a lot of people think, oh, it's just JUCO, whatever. But JUCO baseball, a lot of times, is better than D1 baseball because you can go there for a year and then get drafted. Yep. Absolutely. So those guys that are like those, you know, 
24th to 30th round picks that are at a high school. They're like, yeah, let me just go to this JUCO, mm-hmm. raise my stock, and then I'm going again. And that's what you get. Like You get guys, a lot of guys that have already been drafted in JUCO. So it, it's good baseball in JUCO. Oh, yeah, it was incredible. We had... We had, I think, at, at Gulf Coast that year. That was actually one of the better baseball teams I've ever played in my whole life. It was, it was cool to be around. Our catcher, our catcher, third base, shortstop. Like, I think literally seven of the nine starters on the field went D one, and then one went to University of Tampa D two, which might as well, well be. Well, I was going to say they've been <laughs> national well be champions D1. several times. One so. of them got drafted the next year, like fifteenth overall. We had a couple more. We have three or four more pitchers in that staff that went D one too. So it was like we were, we were a really good team. Good one. Um, yeah. Okay. So you spent how many years there? This semester. Just the one semester yeah. playing baseball. Just this semester. Just that spring semester. Mm-hmm. What was baseball like? How did you did you have a good year that year? I actually don't think I could have had a worse year. <laughs> like I don't think I could have had a worse year than I had. It was it was actually it was the first time in my life when I sat there and I was like, Do you like should you keep playing this sport? Like should you, should you stay at it? I mean, and my coach let me know that too a lot. So I mean, it was it was not a good year. Just I just the first pitch I threw in college baseball. This is actually funny. I mean. This is actually really funny. So we opened up at State College of Florida, and they were really, really good that year. I mean, really good. I think they had literally four kids get drafted on the team. They were, so we pull up, and like I said, I had this D1 cocky mindset. I'm like, oh, I went to a D1 school. I, I'm better than these JUCO kids, obviously. So I show up, and we had just we're, we're showing up, and they're just now taking batting practice, and there's already 20 pro scouts there. And I'm just like, oh, okay. So that's how it is here. Interesting. <laughs> And then we have our dude starting, you know, our number one. Everyone's like, yeah, this kid's good. Like, and I'd seen him throw a little bit in the spring, and he was pretty good. He goes out there, first kid gets a hit, second kid gets a hit, third kid hits a backside bomb, and then he gives up about nine runs in two innings. And all of a sudden, he's like, Ellis, go to the bullpen. And I'm like, oh, okay. I threw probably two pitches in the bullpen. He, our, our, my JUCO coach that year, he did not ask you if you were ready. It was go to the bullpen, and then whenever he walks out to the mound, like, you better just hope you're ready. So I go out there, I'm nervous, we're already down eight, so I don't really know why I'm nervous. I go out, I come in with the bases loaded, the first pitch I threw, no joke, was a fastball that hit the ground 46 feet. It almost bounced over the catcher's head, like straight to the backstop. And then the next pitch, I threw two feet over the batter's head. and So two runs have scored, and I just threw two pitches that weren't even remotely close. Yeah, to they're the not catchable. Zone. Like, no, 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 like they did not get caught, like they hit the backstop. So, and if you the rest of the season basically went the same way those two pitches did. So, that's how that went. Well, so where did you? Uh, what was the next step then after uh, after that that, uh, that episode there? Yeah. So there was really no next step. I mean, this was the point when I was I was terrified. So actually, in that season, I I tore my labrum at a level to tear my labrum, which. I mean, obviously, it's very bad for right, pitcher. Right. And, and so now I'm looking at it as, well, the coach doesn't want you back here. Um, how are you going to get a school to want to take you after you have just torn your labrum? And the only thing you have posted is a 13 ERA <laughs> and a coach who's going to tell the world that you're not a competitor. Because that's what he told me. He was like, he, he told me that my labrum tear was a lie and I was just actually too afraid to play. So that's how that went. So luckily... Or actually, actually, I take this back. So at this point, I started emailing every single junior college in America, all of them. I don't care if it was literally Anchorage Community College of Alaska. I'd look them up all. I emailed every single one of them. So and you, I, you did it yourself. Oh yeah, emailed every single one of them. 
All of them. And I even told I even told Ashley, I was like, I'm going to start, I'm going to email the schools in Iowa. I mean, like, I, I, I got to play baseball somewhere. Like, I don't know what else to do. And he was so mad because, because um, obviously, I got myself in the situation when I left the school I was at in the fall. So he's like, I'm not, I'm done. Like, you, you screwed this up for yourself. So finally, I got a school to reply. It was Wabash Valley College. They're actually one of the best junior colleges in the country now. And I wanted, he, he wanted me to come up there and visit and throw a bullpen for him. And I'm like, I got to go do this. Like, this is the only school that's talked to me. Like, I don't have a choice. Right. Well, actually, just like, well, I'm not paying for anything. So I literally had to use my credit card and I had to max it out. I had to drive all the way to Illinois. I paid for the hotel room myself to go up there. The school wouldn't even pay for it. I paid for the hotel room myself and I drove all the way to Mount Carmel, Illinois. <laughs> Mount Carmel, Illinois. The only thing in Mount Carmel, Illinois, if you've never been, which no one has ever been, <laughs> is a Pizza Hut. So I stayed there. It was, this was terrible. Like, this was awful. It was a terrible experience. So I went to Illinois. Checked out of the hotel. The visit's not till 3 o'clock. Hotel checkout's 11. So I'm sitting here like, what am I going to do in Mount Carmel, Illinois for four hours? I can only sit at pizza for so long. It's just, at some point, people start staring. So, <laughs> so luckily, I found a golf course there. Just played on this golf course for about an hour and a half. Starts pouring rain. I was like, awesome. So I was just like, this is just not going to end well. Well, I end up, you know, everything worked out. Went on the visit. Super cool program. I was actually ecstatic when I started see. I threw for him, seemed to like it. Talked to me about this program, gave me this big PowerPoint. It was awesome. I was like, wow, like I'm gonna come here. Like they were showing me how all these kids they've got have signed. They're like one of the top teams in the country. I was like, this is legit. So I'm like, awesome. And then he's like, yeah, let me just make sure. Or he goes, here's your paperwork, whatever. Let me make sure it's okay with your old coaches, and we'll get back to you. So drive back to Lake City, Florida, the next day. And 11 hours. Drove one way the, the night before and then one way back the next day. So, yeah, it was awful. Terrible experience. <laughs> and um, so I'm waiting. A week goes by. I haven't heard anything. I'm like, all right, what's going on? Two weeks go by. I've heard nothing from them. And then Dalton Malden asked me to come. He's like, dude, come play in Wyoming. You know, I'm like, dude, w- Wyoming. Like, there's baseball there. Like, there's no way there's a field. Summer league, right? Summer league. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, he's like, just come, dude. Our pitching's terrible. You'll get to play. I'm like, and I tell Ashley, I'm like, honestly, I, I mean, why not? Like, at this point, what else am I going to Me and Ashley had discussed me staying in Lake City and playing golf at Florida Gateway College and training to play baseball on top of that because their golf team was basically like, no, you know, they didn't even have a, the players to fill it. So we're like, okay, just go there. So I went out there in, to Wyoming with Dalton, and I was like, my mindset was just pitch, you know, this legitimately may be the last time you get to play baseball and maybe you'll run into someone out there. So the first day I get out there was the day that the Wabash school was supposed to call me to make sure everything was okay. He calls me and he's like, or he says he's going to call me. He doesn't even call, just text and says, we're going to see how the draft plays out. If you need to look at other options, we understand. And I was like, I know what that means. Like, I'm not, I'm not dumb. Like, I know what that means. So I'm like, so now I'm really screwed. I was like, well, now I actually have no option, like, at all. So here we are, just throwing in Wyoming, middle of nowhere. And I'm pitching, and I had done really good. And honestly, I was scared because – even I was scared even then because this was the first time I had pitched since my shoulder you know, injury, and I didn't, I didn't pitch the whole last half of the season. Right. And I didn't even know coming back what I was going to be like. So I was scared, and I started throwing, and I was good. Like, my arm didn't hurt, and I, I was pitching good. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe I actually am not bad again. So, <laughs> luckily, we played a team up in North Dakota, um, and I pitched against them one night. Pretty crazy game. I actually got ejected 
but that's a, just a different different story. I mean, I, I basically just plunked the kid after both sides had gotten warmed. First time I ever got ejected, it was kind of a cool feeling. I felt kind of, <laughs> nice. felt, felt kind of cool. Yeah. But, but before that had happened, I had thrown like five innings against this team, and they were the best team in our league, like hitting-wise, and I threw really, really good. And then the next time I came, or the next time we played them, I show up and the coach is like, hey, um, we hear that you don't have anywhere to play. And I was like, yeah, that's correct. I'll literally go anywhere. <laughs> and he happened to be from Mobile, and he coached at Spring Hill College. And he was like, hey, man, like, you're pretty good. Like, um, I know a guy at Pensacola State College. I coach at Spring Hill. He goes, I'm not even going to try to, you know, get you to come to my school. Like, you're better than our school. Like, but I'm going to see if I can't get you on at Pensacola. And he goes, it, it may be a walk-on, but that's whatever. And I was like, listen, I just need a, I just need a, a roster spot. Like, I, I just need a roster. I need to get somewhere. Because I got to the point over the summer where I was like, yeah, I'm good. Like, I'm good again. Like, this is how I can know how to, how to pitch. In between his ears. Yeah, in between the ears. That's literally exactly what it was. I... I told myself, if if I'm never going to be able to play baseball again, I'm going to throw strikes to people. Because that was my biggest problem, is I couldn't throw strikes. So mm-hmm. when I'm in Wyoming, I'm like, I mean, this is it. Like, you have nothing else to lose. Like, you might as well just literally throw the ball right down the middle. And if they hit 100 home runs, it doesn't matter, because you're not going to play again ever. And I started trying to throw more strikes, or throwing the ball down the middle, and it worked. Like, it got to the point that summer where I would only throw fastballs. And I would tell kids, I, I, I'm not, I'm dead serious. Like, this was the most confident pitcher I'd ever been in my whole life, because summer ball has no rules, basically. I mean, it's summer baseball. Like, right. Like, no rules. So I would literally look the kids in the face, and I was like, I'll throw you a fastball every pitch. Like, every single pitch. So, <laughs> and I did, and I was good. And then that's when I, the coach hooked me up with Pensacola, and that's, that's how I ended up at Pensacola. And so then the next year you were at Pensacola, you had a pretty good year there, right? Yeah, that was, that was even the, well, I had a good spring there. The fall there was, was also bad, but, I mean, it, it turned out into something real, real good. Yeah. So, when did, so now you're at Troy, Troy University. Yeah. Big boy D1 baseball. When did they start talking to you, and how, how, what was that process like talking to them, and, and was there other options involved? Um, yeah, so I had a, I had a few options. Um, they didn't, like I said, in the fall, it was, it was not a very good fall for me. And JUCO recruiting happens a lot in the fall with, with the D1 schools. So when I came out in the spring, no one had really knew who I was. Like, that, like no one. And luckily, we had four draft guys, like legit draft guys as our starters. You know, we had four dudes who were legitimately going to get drafted. Two of them did. So I come out there the first day and come right behind this kid who would already been drafted twice. And I, yeah, yeah, he'd already been drafted twice. So there's a bunch of scouts there for him. Yeah. And um, at this point, I had never thrown a fastball at 90 miles an hour, and not even 90. So I had worked the whole offseason, like, just throw 90, just throw 90. I come out there, I threw three innings, I did really good. I came back, I came out, I knew, I knew a scout. I had known one of them. And he was, I was like, please tell me I hit 90. Like, it's, I've been working all fall. He was, dude, you're up to 93. I was like, whoa. So after that, I started throwing really good. And I got through com- I got through the first half of the season going into conference, 22 innings, zero ERA. Like, at zero. Ooh, big first, boy stuff there. Mm, first, mm. like, six appearances, seven outings at least, 22 innings, zero ERA. And I'm telling my friend who had already committed to Troy from PSC in the fall, I was like, bro, put me on Troy. I was like, there's no way they're going to look at me and say 22 innings, zero ERA, and not at least look. I mean, they have to look at that point, right? Right. So... 93, you said? Yeah, 93. Mm-mm. I heard you, right? I just wanted to make sure everybody everybody got that. 93. And then, so they showed up at our very first conference game, and it was like Troy, South Alabama, had a few other ones there. And we were playing Northwest Florida, who was the ranked fourth team in the country, I think. 
and there was we were not supposed to beat them at all. Like we were not. Like they were we were the worst team in the conference. They were the best, and we came out there and we put it on them, kinda, kinda. We put <laughs> we put up a bunch of hits, but we didn't score a bunch of runs. So the game was still kind of close. And then I came in with the bases loaded in like the last inning, um, and we were up one. We were up three, I think. And I came in and I with no outs, and I came in and went strikeout, strikeout. And then a kid ended up scoring like an error, and I struck out the next kid. And the next kid, two of the strikeouts were kids who had gotten drafted that year. Okay. So that was that was kind of your coming out party, I guess. Yeah. And, so. and after that, I started getting more phone calls. So I would get talked to by – I went on a visit to Jacksonville State. It was a pretty nice school. I just didn't really want to go. I was supposed to go on a visit to JU in Jacksonville, but I'd, they didn't call till kind of at the end when I'd already – kind of wanted to go to Troy and I already knew what JU was like I mean I've been over there so I was like I don't really want to go there anyways South Alabama came in the mix Indiana State um UAB I think that was about it about those schools what uh what attracted you to Troy like why was Troy the the one that you ended up really liking and landed on and and obviously you're there now yeah so the uh the guy who's my roommate now he was my teammate at PSE last year and he was the guy who he kind of took me under his wing, so he he was kind of in the same boat I was the year before. He he had he had had Tommy John surgery his first year, and you know he had worked really hard to get where he was. And so in the fall there, you know I wasn't pitching good, and this was the point when I was like, you know, you need to change something. Like you need to go to that guy and see what's he doing. Like why like you know get get his juice, whatever it is. Like I mean, he and he was a big workout guy, you know, drive line stuff like that and mm-hmm. I just started training just like he did the whole fall and and sure enough came out first outing and, and you know popping the hardest pitches I've ever thrown in my life so I'm like okay well obviously he has he's done something right right so when he was already going there I'd heard how he was pumped he was telling me how he was pumped about this this and that you know the coach had already talked to him and I was like well if, you know if he likes it you know obviously what he's the, the path that he has you know helped me on is something I should probably kind of follow. Like, not saying I have to follow right in his footsteps, but, you know, I mean, if it's working, it's working. Yeah, absolutely. So I show up to Troy on the visit, and it was super nice. I mean, it's, it's a nice place. That they, they take athletics very seriously. They're like, it's a, it's a, like, it's a small town, but they're really big with their athletics. Like, they, I mean, their football program's always been pretty good. Their baseball program's really good. And, and it was just super, super nice, and, and I liked everything they said. And at that point, I was like, you know, why, why not come here? I went to school in Montgomery, so I visited Troy a few times. <laughs> yeah. Nice place. I like it. Um, so now you're currently at Troy. Obviously, we had the, the shortened season this past year. Um, but you did get to get to experience something pretty pretty darn cool, right? Yeah, for sure. I'm going to let you go into that. Well, everyone, uh, most everyone listening already knows. But I'll, I'll preface it with you had the opportunity to pitch at McKeithen Stadium uh, in Gainesville, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I was there. <laughs> so was I. <laughs> it was a good time. Yeah, tell us about that, though. Like, go ahead. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, you, first of all, <clears throat> you know, you're from Lake City, which is, you know, 35 minutes from Gainesville. Yeah. And so, and, and I think you're a Gator fan, correct? Yes. Yeah, so been a Gator fan for a while. Um, and I'm sure somewhere deep down you probably wanted to play at UF. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much every kid's dream that's a Gator fan that plays baseball. You want to play at UF. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, you know, things didn't work out that way. But so now you get to go in there as an opponent 
one of your best friends in the world is on that Gator baseball team yep. too. So that that's kind of an, another little fun feature in there. Um, but you had a lot of people there. So just tell us about the whole experience of that day. No, oh, I mean it was it was crazy. It started that. Luckily, I will say, luckily, I got to pitch on Sunday because I won't lie. The day we showed up Friday for our first walkthrough practice, and I walked onto the field, I was like, "Holy cows! Like, this is crazy! Like, I mean, this is like I'm actually here. Like, this isn't like, oh, I'm at a Gator baseball camp or I'm playing with Gator ball at some showcase tournament on the field. Like, no, like we're in Gainesville. Like, we're staying at that hotel that I've drove past at least 150 thousand times in my life. Right. Like, I never thought I'd be staying there. Um, and I was like, whoa, like I'm here. Like I, we're playing the Florida Gators. Yeah. Like, and, and, and we were, we were a pretty good team too. And it was like, we were like, our thought process was like, we're here to beat the Florida Gators. Like I'd never thought that I would be in that position. Like we're here to beat the Florida Gators. Like that's what we're here to do. And it was, it was crazy. So, but luckily Friday and Saturday, just playing in the atmosphere kind of let me settle in a little bit. But even when I first stepped on the mound that day, it was, I mean, I couldn't. I mean, it was just surreal. It was surreal. That's what it was. Yeah. So, backtrack of just a touch. On that Friday night game, you're, first of all, Troy's Friday night guy was electric. He's very Yeah, good. he's really good. He's very, very good. Um, that atmosphere and the, and the energy that, that your dugout brought to that game was was almost unmatched in a college baseball game. I, I enjoyed it so much. And truthfully, Troy should have won game one and game two. Yeah. A couple of mishaps here, a couple of mishaps there. But, I mean, that's that's life. But had the lead in both games and, yeah. and very easily could have went 2-0 to start the to start the uh, series. Um, Florida's obviously a really good baseball team, too. Finished number one in the nation. Um, <laughs> Who was their last loss? It doesn't even matter. Uh, <clears throat> but the energy that you guys brought, I thought, was just tremendous. And so – after being down 2-0 in the series, my in my head, I was like, well, these guys are going to come out, and they're going to be a little down, and that sucks for Tyson. Yeah. No, sir. They were just as jacked on Sunday oh, as they no, were Friday yeah. night. It was, it was unbelievable to see. It was really cool. Yeah, yeah. We That was our whole thing the whole season we had. We, we just – we have fun. Like, we, we have a lot of fun. I mean, we had really good hitters, and everyone knows that, I mean, pitching and defense, they can win you a lot of games, but if you want to have fun, you hit. Hitting yeah. is fun. Right. And we had guys who would go up there and just mash baseballs. And it didn't matter if it was Tommy Mace or someone from Northern Kentucky. They hit the baseball. And it was fun. Yeah. It was really fun. All right. So now let's go back to Sunday. What was your preparation like Saturday night and Sunday morning going into your first start at Troy? That was your first. What, yeah, not, yeah. Like, like not your first appearance, but it was your first start at Troy. So talk to me about like your Saturday night, your Sunday, the jitters, all that. Well, Saturday night, I went to Miller's Ale House because I hadn't been there in ages. <laughs> and I had to get a Zinger Mountain Mill. I mean, they don't have an ale house in the whole state of Alabama. So I looked it up, like not the whole state. So I went with uh, the Matthews, and we got a Zinger Mountain Mill. So that's what, that's what that was the night before preparation. And then that night, I mean, it was hard to go sleep. I mean, it really was. I mean, this was one of those things where it was like, I'm just going to lay here. I mean, I hope hopefully I go to sleep really fast. I mean, but... It's impossible not to think about it. And then that morning I woke up and I was like, for, I mean, it kind of helped that it was earlier and it was a, it was a Sunday. So it was like a move day. You know, you like you had to pack everything. You have to get everything moved out at an earlier time. So it was like, it was easier almost because like, I had to sit there and think about it all day long. It probably been worse, but it was the fact that like, all right, wake up, you know, shower. All right, get all your stuff packed up, take it down to the bus, get on the bus, whatever. So we're moving. So it was cool. But when we got there, and, you know, we were sitting there waiting for BP. I mean, that, that was like the longest 
two hours of my life because I was just ready to just get warmed up. I was like, all right, well, I'm, I'm ready to go. Like, right. we can go right now. Like, is, it, is it time right, yet? Is it time? Yeah. Like, I was sitting there. I was like, I was trying to be chill, and I didn't even know what to do. Like, I was like, do I sit here and not talk to people? Do I talk to people? Like, is it weird if I talk? Should I be locked in right now? <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to do. But, like, I'm one of those guys, like, obviously I lock in, but I like to talk. I like to have fun with people. And, I mean, I got my – I'm sitting in right center field bullpen. I got my best friend in right field 100 feet away. We had been, we had been joshing with each other the whole weekend. And, but he knew, I mean, he knew that day. I mean, he, he knew I was going to be more locked in. Like it wasn't going to be much more of a, it wasn't going to be as jokey of a day, but I mean, it was, it was crazy. And then it all happened so fast once I started warming up. But I mean, that was, it was awesome. I mean, it was awesome. I would say. I have to be honest. It was really cool to see. I, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed that Sunday afternoon. It was, it was a pleasure. Yeah, no, uh, piggyback off what he said. That was, uh, that was one of the coolest experiences I would say selfishly in like all of my coaching watching like that like I mean I didn't coach you directly as far as yeah. like a pitching coach or whatever yeah, yeah. but seeing you and Brock like after the game even that was like it was such a surreal moment for me I was like damn both these kids have took the most unconventional routes yes. to, to this moment yeah but the one thing I'll say and then I have one question and then we probably have to wrap it up because I think we're getting around uh yeah about an hour now but the one question or the one thing I wanted to say was trait wise, yeah. you and Brock both were extremely hard workers. You both kept your head down, grinded, did what you had to do. Whatever, whatever that path may be, it didn't matter. You per persevered when adversity got in the way, you overcame it and you both were able to be rewarded by that, by playing on a college and a major division one college baseball team. I just think you deserve all the props in the world. And I, I, honest to God, am extremely happy and proud of the baseball player that you've grown into. And, and then what, what's ahead? You yeah. know, like it's not – I know the season got cut short, and that sucks, and I hate that for you. But I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what, what the future holds for, you know, for you. And, and like Joey said, that, that day in Gainesville was – as a former coach, that was one of the most rewarding days to sit back – you know, I had my they had one dollar beers there that day. Yep, that was great. <laughs> Sit back and have a, have a one dollar beer and, and like watch. It was hot as hell, but to watch that, it was just um, that was cool, man. I I, I was I, I could enjoy that moment my that moment myself. You know what I mean? Yeah, I completely completely agree with that. But the one question I wanted to get before we leave is I see it all. You tweeted every now and then oil rig. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> if, 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 if you can't if you can't tell us, it's okay. Give us the PG version. But what is the oil rig? Um, so Troy baseball, right? Oil. Oh yeah, it's definitely Troy baseball bread. It's awesome. So we have a fifth year senior who was like, he's he's the captain of our team, hundred mm -hmm. percent. And in the fall, you know, we got we got really competitive with each other. But because our coach our coach started telling us he was. We knew we were going to be a really good team. Like, when we showed up, we saw – we had always been a really good hitting team, and we had good pitchers, and we knew. Like, we were like, we are going to be good this year. Like, we're going to be really good. So, our coaches, like, we kind of – after our first few inner squads, we were kind of like, you know, not – we didn't have full energy, I guess you could say. So, our coaches starting to get on to us, and they started making us do – energy things like in between innings like you have to do your team would have to run out into the outfield and do something to get the energy going and so we started they started the hitters started doing this double celebration called the oil rink and i can't really i can't say on the air where it began but okay. 
But um, it's not PG at all. At all. So, but it was something that we got behind. And every time we hit a double, that was the double celebration. And it was just like, it was a way for us to get fired up. We were just like, we want oil. Like, give us oil. And then anytime someone hit a ball in the gap or anything, we would just go nuts because we knew an oil rig was coming, which is the celebration. You can go back and look. Uh, you, I'm sure you can just YouTube, you know, Troy Baseball and go to a highlight and you'll see what it, the, the motion is. Okay. But, um, yeah, it's not a, it's not, yeah. It's, so I'm going to stop you there. We'll leave it as it's a, um, it's a Troy fraternity, your baseball team. Yeah. We'll keep it between your guys. And, and when we, when we push pause, I'll need you to tell us. Yeah. But, but we'll just leave that as that's a Troy baseball thing. Right, Joey? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's definitely a Troy baseball thing. With that being said, Tyson, man, we truly appreciate you taking your time to come to come out to the uh, to the front porch and hang with us and, and share your uh, unbelievable journey. It's really cool. I, I can't wait to continue to, to see the journey and see where it leads you. I know big things are in store. Um, you got anything, Chris? No, I mean, I, I, I think we've I think we've made his head big enough tonight. But on a, on a genuine note, man, really do appreciate you spending your time tonight. Absolutely. And, uh, I'm sure people are going to love, they're going to love this when it drops uh, tomorrow. So thanks again, and uh, we appreciate you on the front porch. All right, gentlemen, oil rigs aside, this has been Bradford Douglas along with Joey Edge, Chris Martinez, Tyson Ellis, and Rolf hung out too. And we are front porch sitting. See you next time, setters.